0: hello and welcome to the latest episode of data for goalposts where a bunch of data buffs talk about the beautiful game
1: so sam the last i checked roy hodgson's crystal palace was almost as old as him tell me what's going on in this season (laughs) (laughs) oh good place
0: to start season like most seasons with hodgson they crawled to the finish line and Along with their aging manager, they uh, also have a very aging squad, like you like you mentioned. So it kind of really showed within, within kind of COVID times, they needed to kind of really refresh their squad. And I guess the points that I'm going to be picking up now is essentially running through what they actually needed to do last year. Their split from Hodgson was pretty much like a long drawn out breakup. We have a girlfriend that you liked a few years ago, but it was probably dragged on probably a couple of couple years too many. And the relationship really started to go downhill and it was not doing anyone any good at all. But now they've got a new, young, sexy manager in Patrick Vieira. Steve Parrish is kind of keeping with the kind of transfer philosophy of bringing in players that are still half the age of the of the manager so no Gary Cahill's no Andros Townsend they've kind of had a really big clear out of nine senior players at at the club that's actually going to leave quite a big hole because they've left they've they're leaving out in defense Van Aanholt uh, Dan Scott Dan and Cahill and with those three players they've actually lost a combined number of 57 games in the Prem last season so that's a big hole to kind of fill within the defense in midfield it's uh pretty similar as well so they've lost old timers in the likes of Townsend and McCarthy uh, and along with like as eight a horrific kind of Achilles injury towards the end of uh, last season it, that amounts to a total of eighty-four Premier League games, which is a kind of big gap in terms of incomings. They've gone with with Vieira, so I'll start with Vieira. He's kind of gone for more of a pressing style and possession-based uh, style than a Hodgson. So he usually plays a four-one-two-three. He's done that in pre-season. He was doing that with uh, Nice as well. So the one interesting thing was when he was with Nice that a lot of his players were making uh, very high profile mistakes early on in his manu- managerial tenure. And I expect that to potentially happen with uh, this season as well with Palace. So expect some organized chaos when you when you see uh, players such as Chiate trying to play the ball out from the back. This is kind of a nice segue onto the players that they brought in. Uh, Joachim Anderson from Lyon, he's... He really impressed on loan uh, from with Fulham last year. Uh, they bought him in for a fee of fifteen million pounds, which I think is really good because he was awesome last year with Fulham. He's one of the one of their standout players. He's a good ball progressor, uh, moves the ball upfield quickly. Whether that's either kind of stepping out into kind of midfield and being that extra man. Or kind of playing the long balls. So the tactic that Fulham employed last season was just for him to be pinging long balls quite quite a lot. I think mean, he was actually the player which attempted the most long balls last season. So he 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 has actually got a a tendency to give the ball away, and that might not suit with uh, with Vieira's philosophy. Uh, to partner in defence, they've brought in Mark Gee from Chelsea. Gurhee. A hey Okay. Okay. I've never heard him I've never heard the name pronounced, so I wouldn't know. So um yeah, that's twenty million. I I know Monty, we've ha- been having conversations about him and you were very disappointed for him to be leaving. Yeah, I'll guess I'll hand over to you to kind of talk about him and, and Connor Gallagher, because they brought in Connor Gallagher as well from uh from Chelsea online.
1: Gallag Gallagher's confirmed now, right?
0: Yeah, I think that was confirmed a couple of days ago.
1: So, as you were saying, Sam, uh, Joachim Anderson is a really, really good pickup for Palace. Um, I think I think his style, as as you called out, in terms of comfort with the ball, is something that should transfer really well towards the top half of the team. And if you if, if you think about the fact that they're moving from Sarko and Cahill to um, uh, Anderson and gerhe I think for the resources they have that's as good a transition you can make in terms of renewing your back line and also getting getting better proactivity on the ball gay he much like anderson is really really comfortable uh with, with the ball at his feet he's a good dribbler he's a really good passer and i'm incredibly high on him um he, it may seem like I'm high on every <laughs> Cobham graduate and Chelsea player, um, uh, but but with him in particular, I we we have in Chelsea some expiring contracts with uh, Christensen um, and Rüdiger only having one year left, and Thiago Silva and Aspi kicking on a bit. I I was penciling Gehi in to either go on loan or go immediately into our, our side as a rotation option. Um, that's how high I am on him. So I think he's a really good pickup for palace. And, um, I, we can revisit this pod when, um, he eventually goes for really top fee to uh, a bigger side than palace. Um, in terms of Gallagher, Gallagher is, um, it's kind of, kind of like Mason Mount light in terms of, um, stuff he does um he he is a really good presser um uh, not as good a passer as mount as yet uh and before anyone ever says anything to me he did create the champions league final goal right so uh, you england fans may not be hot on him right now uh, but he <laughs> did do that um so so to so, so galago um yeah really 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 good passer um, for his age, in terms of the choices he makes, um, they don't always come off though. Um, and at he's, I think, 21, 22, at that age, um, uh, I think a higher mark for a player. Um, is uh, the choices they make mentally, rather than uh, the passes that actually come off. I think with practice and with good coaching, the the latter will come. Um, so it looks like Crystal Palace is refreshing their aging core quite well. I was just curious around, where you thought that them clearing out, like getting rid of nine senior players, include like that's a lot of experience in there. Like I know, you know, you, you start to lose your legs and everything else as, as age creeps up but do you think you, do you think getting rid of nine quite key Sydney players all in one go is is maybe not the right thing to do maybe four or five and keep the ones that are maybe still performing to keep that experience in the squad
0: i think maybe a couple of them they could have kept like an andros townsend for example he played 34 games last season maybe he was gonna stick around for maybe one year i think they offered him a one-year extension and he wanted to and he signed for everton for two for two years and in terms of his age he's i think he's he's getting on a bit and his his wages wouldn't have been cheap so i think he wanted to go go for the longest transfer or, or contract possible for for the most money which for when you're that age you can't really blame him I think other than that, that a lot of their a lot of their other kind of fringe players, like Sacco, for example, he only played four games last season. He was hampered by an injury. So, I, Tim Cahill
1: possibly could have kept.
0: Tim Cahill left up, left. A, <laughs> do you mean Gary?
1: Gary Cahill, sorry.
0: Yeah, Gary. They could have kept, but.
1: And- I, I see Scott's point in terms of finding the balance in the yeah. renewal, but just to stress how how old this group was, <laughs> their mean squad at age was twenty nine point two six, which is really really old. <laughs> uh, apart from Eze uh, that they bought last year, I think um, most of their most of their squad that had significant minutes was twenty eight and above. Is that right, Sam?
0: Yeah. Like Van hold again, I think 30, 31. Yeah. It's got Dan, 33, I think, 32, 33. Uh, he, he's been a great servant to the club. He's been there seven, eight years, but um, maybe they could have given him a reduced contract and maybe brought him on to the coaching staff, like uh, like West Ham, for example, doing with, with Mark Noble. You, it's always good to have those kind of heads around, especially when you've got a new manager in as well. It, it can can be a bit chaotic, and you're essentially kind of ripping out the uh, the soul of the club. I guess when they're a bunch of old blokes, then maybe it's not <laughs> not too bad of an idea. <laughs> Going back to kind of players to look out for, the Palace have signed an attacking midfielder in Michael Ollis from Reading, that was around £8 million last year. And uh, he was player of the season, young player of the season in the championship last year. And in those 44 games, he scored five non-penalty goals with an XG of 3.81, which is uh, pretty good. Like he took a couple of penalties as well. So he's got seven in total and then had a, a 12 assists from an XA of 7.58. So he's, he's a good all round player. Uh, there's a couple of things kind of missing from from him in terms of uh, finishing. He can kind of get into the right place at the right time and but at the age of uh, at the age of nineteen, that's something that he can learn and, and progress with quite well. Unfortunately, when Palace signed him, he kinda of had a back injury as he carried Reading for the majority of last season. So he's out until October, November. But well, having said that, I'm really kind of looking forward to seeing how he fares in the in the big league.
1: So when you say carried reading, you mean physics actually carried them on his back and that's why his back's clean.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> no like no like Batman Bane when he just like <laughs> throws him on the floor and breaks his back. Breaks his back.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh well yeah, hope to see him back anyway. Yeah. Sam, what about Christian um Benteke? Is he still at- Crystal Palace and uh, what's his potential there.
0: So Benteke has had a weird few seasons, really weird few seasons. He went he went through a period of not scoring a league goal for over a year, and that was 34 Premier League games. However, last year, he finally kind of found his shooting boots with a respectable 10 goals from uh, next year of 8.1. Um There'll probably be an over reliance on both him and uh, and Zaha this year, and I guess without them too, they're they're essentially gonna they're essentially gonna struggle. I know, like last season, Jordan Ayew finally got found out from the fraud that he was. He only got <coughs> one goal uh, this last year, and I think guess if you kind of compare to the seasons before, he scored he scored nine. The year before, and considerably outperformed his XG, which I think was around five and a half, six. It's interesting to see that. Yeah, I think they'll probably be looking for a striker. They got rid of Connor Wickham finally. It'd be interesting to see how how they go if if Benteke doesn't really kind of get get going. He's a very big kind of confidence player, Benteke, and and I guess from the season he just had, his confidence back up. But I'm not sure he's really the type of player which Vieira would want in a in a team um, that plays his way, which is very high pressing. Um, the, he likes fast forwards. He's neither of those from a from a defensive perspective or, or team pressing perspective. Yeah, I feel they probably need another centre midfielder as well. Uh, Kiarte played a lot of last season at centre back and could potentially come in mid in midfield. However, I don't think he's the box to box midfielder he once was when he was at, at West Ham. He's got no stamina whatsoever now. Covered staff, tactics, and players. There's been a lot of change as we mentioned from last season, and I feel that there needs a lot needs to go right for them in the early weeks, which is probably going to be very difficult for them because they've got a ridiculously tough start to the season they play seven of the top eight in their first uh, 10 games probably be looking likely they'll be at the bottom of the league after those first 10 games surviving for them and playing some good football the last time that they actually managed to kind of go into this direction they failed miserably with De Boer. So it'd be it'd be interesting to see if this project actually kind of pays off. I do hope they do well, but I, I do feel that they're probably going to be drifting between the relegation zone and the like 15th, 16th, 17th position. If you actually enjoyed this, which I'm sure you did, because why wouldn't you not want to listen to us talk about football and data analytics and shit? Remember to like, comment and subscribe.